people think conservatives don't have flow But let me tell y'all something that you need to know We uh. fucking do and we don't play That's why in 2020 we gon' keep America great I voted for America Donald great. Trump, bitch, what you gonna say? He was the only one not selling out the USA Get out my face calling him racist when he's not Black unemployment's <laughs> down, don't you think Ain't that hot? Wearing my red hat, I'm not about to stop That economy's booming, why would anybody block what? it? The Democrats be pushing shit that I just can't get with Open border socialism, nah, fuck that shit Ooh. I vote red cause I like my bread I vote red cause I like my bread What the I vote fuck red kind of cause I like my bread If you vote blue, those Democrats will text you I vote red cause I like my bread I vote red cause I like my bread I vote red cause Wait, I like okay. my bread If you so, vote blue, those Democrats sh- will text you Now you may speak Go ahead. Well, everyone, welcome <laughs> okay. with Third World Ballers. We have a new intro song. Um, this dude is. Go ahead. You're you're interrupting my intro, dude, for our fiftieth extravaganza. For for people who don't know, for people who don't know, that was our new host. He will be joining us from here on out. In Third World Ballers. He uh he did a new. That's our new sound. That's our new intro song, and uh, we're taking things a new direction this year. This for our fiftieth. Uh, like you, we were just talking about. Trump just launched his campaign, so we're fully in support of him. So hear a lot, get ready to hear a lot about Trump and how much Caesar loves him. Yes, as you know, people keeping America great, keeping America great is no small task. It definitely. In is fact, not. I keep America every single morning when I wake up. I'm already on my knees. Apparently, I don't know how that happened, but mm. I'm already on my knees saluting the flag. On your um, knees. And if I'm not on my knees, then frankly, I'm just. Stealing valor, yeah, you definitely. And I don't want to be doing that. You're not a patriot. Trump says not good. You're just not not a patriot, dude. And this is going to be a patriotic podcast going forward. And I hope you listeners are ready because last year our podcast was about you know the clout, all the clout rappers. Now it's about the real clout, the real system, the shit that really matters. Trump's world ballers now. Yeah, just still TWB. I love it. I love it, dude. So you were telling me how much you love Trump and uh, just all the cool things he's done. The way to kick off this 50th episode, my dude. That's well, cool. this rapper obviously uh, can says, says I love a lot Trump. better than I do. I love Trump. Or what is it? What does he say? Uh, black unemployment is down. Don't you have down that shit? But let me tell you something that you need to know. Let me tell you something that you need to know, bro. You don't think conservatives have flow? Well, let me tell you something that you need to know. I love that he says at the end... I vote red because I like my bread. Yeah. And then he says, if you vote Democrat, they'll tax you. And it's like, is that what, what he said? I thought they said they'll tax you. Do you think taxes you? are going to anyway? Like, I honestly don't understand where these people think taxes are going to. And it, if you don't understand that, then you're just not in the class bracket where that understanding would even come into play. Dude, anyway. what do you mean? You're questioning his class bracket? He literally oh, yes. fucking has a beanie that says rich on it. <laughs> yeah, Hello. he's so... He fucking he's, exudes class, you fucking delinquent He's so lower class. He's Dude. exuding lower class. He's exuding fucking high class and just great charisma. Oh, like, dude, you started this podcast off in a bad way. I don't like it. I'm not that liking it. Gaudy studded beanie. I need me one of those. That shit is fire. Do you don't think that's cool? I do because it says rich. Yeah, for the listeners, our new uh, theme song uh, composer, if you will, uh, is wore- dressed in all black, sort of a ga- like a gangster thug, and is wearing a beanie that says rich. And if, like I said, if you don't think that's classy, you fucking get out of Trump's America. You know what I'm saying, dude? 
Yeah, dude, nothing like Trump's America where you take city girls act up and uh, rap over it. Much fuck Donald Trump. Way. Fuck Donald Trump. Come on, dude. Actually, do you think, yeah, do you think that, that song, this yeah. song is better or the YG fuck Donald Trump? Oh, but, uh, that's a hard call, you know? Yeah, because you're racist. They're both so about very important things, about very important people. So oh. hard to say. You know, this guy, Mr. All Black, is <laughs> more like a um, – his beats go as hard as like a Vic Mensa, if you will. Okay. Um. Whereas YG is, you know, YG. Well put. Thank you he's, for that. He's Yig. He's he's uh, he is his own amalgamation okay. of. Um, let's see. Who can we who can we put with this guy with YG? I don't know, uh, but you're uh... Jesus and what's the G stand for? <clears throat> Gangstar. Boom. He's uh, definitely not Jesus because Jesus is his own thing. He supports Trump, dude. And we all support Trump. Um, here we are, ready to support Trump into the new year, dude. Halfway ready through the year. Are you so ready for hard. it? No, nah, actually, dude, so hard, you know, I was going to say I was, you know, very uh, anti-Trump. I read. I was very, I was, you know, I was kind of on the Biden train for a little while until I found out he's an anti-plur guy. So. He's anti-plur? What? Did he say that specifically? or <laughs> You don't think he's anti-plur? Well, fucking... I don't know if he is. That's what I'm asking. I would be passing new ordinances relating to stiff criminal penalties for anyone who held a rave. The promoter, the guy who owned the building. I would put the son of a gun in jail. <laughs> oh, my change God. the law. There's no doubt about where these raves are. In the middle of the <laughs> desert. Arrest the promoter. Find a rationale. Yeah. Unrelated to drugs. Yeah. Keeping an unsafe. For example, I'm the guy who authored the crack house legislation. We you can hear that, use dude? the crack house legislation. What? To tear down these buildings. The crack house legislation. There you go. There you have Jesus it. Jesus Christ. The crack house legislation. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, Biden. These low income housing. All these low-income housing buildings got to go. They're holding raves underground that we need to search and seize. <laughs> oh, boy, dude. Let's change gears here. Fuck Trump. Fuck Biden. Fuck all this shit, dude. I'm over it right now. I'm, I'm starting our own party, dude. The Third World Ballers Party. Here we are. Episode 50. We made it this far. We lost a host. Um, we gained, but we gained another. Yeah, and ourselves. Because I believe in myself more, so I'm like two people for this show. Dude, I do it all. I don't even even really need you. Oh, okay. Fucking, okay. I don't need anyone, dude. My life all is black. fucking... All black, dude. I just in the club all black. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, look at you, you fucking smoker. See, there's smoking on this episode right now. I don't like it. Um, just kidding, dude. Here we are. I'm happy that we've made it 50 episodes. It's been a little over a year now that we've been doing this podcast, and it's been uh, lots of fun. Lots of fun. We learned a lot about the YouTube culture, the Ace family. We've explored you listeners through the mind poison that is this podcast and the content that we find entertaining. And here we are, ready to kick off another 50 episodes for another long-lasting badass podcast. So, how are you feeling wow. about that, dude? That was a great intro. Thank you. Um, I am chill. Uh, just happy to be finishing one of my jobs at this moment so i can finally go into the new one 
or actually not even go into the new one, but focus on one at a time. Mm. Um, and then that'll be nice because we have an event this Saturday that we're planning for, which is like a community event. And it'll You're, be because you're uh, promoting to build the wall. I'm not yes, that's exactly what we're doing. We're all going to be wearing brick layered T-shirts. Um, <laughs> you guys are going to form your own wall. We're going to form our own. Why hasn't anybody? Like why that? hasn't any conservative group done that? I haven't seen any photos of like. <laughs> shut that dog up, dude. God. Um. Sorry. Why hasn't any conservatives uh formed a wall and protest for people? I haven't seen that anywhere. I mean, there is that guy that Trump brought up on stage who literally was dressed in like a wall and like suit. Like a brick suit? <laughs> like a brick uh, screen printed suit, you know, literally. So his cool. jacket, his fucking shirt, his tie, everything. That's the coolest dude. Brought him up there. I was like, damn, this, get a look at this guy. He's so cool, man. He's, he, that's a great suit. I brought my Bible. I love that Oh, shit. Uh, but yeah, here we are, dude. This episode, we're going to keep it a little loose, but also kind of explore third world ballers a little bit. So we're going to be exploring each other and just where we've come from and how we've got to this point, this point of episode 50, this point of our minimal success that uh, I feel is growing. And I've been point of no return. Shut up. Don't interrupt point. me. Don't interrupt me. Do not interrupt me. The point of no return and the point of success where we continue to grow and to build this podcast. Um, so, yeah, dude, I just wanted to get kind of get to know you a little more because I feel like I know you, but also really I don't know you because you're a very strange individual who uh, weirds me out most of the time. But uh still Shut love you. Shut the fuck up. And just ask your goddamn question. All right, well, yeah, this is going to be sort of a weird kind of questionnaire for each other. We're going to be questioning each other a little bit here and kind of diving into... Uh, some stuff that we didn't really know about. So my first Some question, you personal material. Shut up! You're fucking throwing me off today, dude. I don't like this episode. <laughs> You're really throwing me off. Just kidding. Um, yeah. So let's see, dude. What I, wanna, I wanted to ask you, like, what's your first memory of our like friendship? So what was the first moment you're like, this guy's my friend? Because we've been <laughs> friends for. <laughs> Well, not like, because it's kind of like a natural friendship, you know, just sort of happens, but true. it's been almost like 15 years that we've yes. been friends. So that's a long ass time. And I don't see this friendship coming to an end anytime soon, like it did with uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named. He Who Shall Not Be Named, yes. The broken one. The, bro- the broken head. Yes. So, um, uh, I don't know. Take it back to our... That is true. I, uh, I mean, we met kind of in this weird niche, right? Because... We had mutual friends, and also it was very much freshman year, like coming into a new environment and stuff is really intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what set me off first was just like obviously your personality, because immediately it was like, damn, this guy treats me like shit, and he's also really cool. <laughs> like, damn, I want to be his friend really bad. Um, but honestly, it was no, it was more so that I think that like. You were one of the first pr- people I met that like wasn't afraid to speak his mind about anything, whether you like something or you disagree with something. Like, because I, I felt like a lot of people at that age are very impressionable because of that idea of being impressionable. They like things that other people they know they're going to like, and that thus makes the conversation easier and makes meeting new people a lot easier. But I think that with you, it's like it was more challenging at the fact that there are things that I like. And then I met a person who wasn't faking, uh, that same sort of, um, uh, affection towards, a you know, either comic or music or film. 
And I think that really challenged my own taste because it's like, well, let's look at this again. Like, am, what I'm saying is really cool. Is that cool? Like, is that cool? Like, do, am, do I really enjoy that myself? And um, I think that opened my eyes to a lot of like different types of uh, music and different genre of films and different realms of things that I wasn't exposed to at my own house because I was such a fucking not conservative household, but just a very you lived in, uh, you lived in a it was conservative, not conservative in the political definition, but you're, culturally, you're from, culturally, yeah, religiously. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of films that I got to see because I knew you. Like for instance, um, the Warriors. Never seen it before until I met you. Uh, I think one of the Blade movies. I think you also uh, turned me on to. Uh, I believe one of them. I, I remember Queen of the Damned. I remember you had, and I borrowed that. Uh, uh, the Devil's Rejects, I believe, or House of One Thousand Corpses. One of those. Like all of these movies that I'm now very much can attribute like a lot of my fascination to film in general, and also my uh, inspiration for a lot of stuff stems from those early high school years of being able to meet huh. someone who was so like subverted from what I knew, you know, from what I thought was like what everybody was into. Wow. But, oh, have you seen Ocean's 12, dude? So good. <laughs> well, that, that time was when like the Iron Mans and shit were coming, first starting to come out. And that was like the Ocean's dawn. 12 definitely came out sophomore year, I remember. Ocean's 12. I'd never seen any of the Ocean's movies until recently. <laughs> I just said never like everyone's like oh they're so cool like I don't so what it's an ensemble film so cool a bunch of white men dressed up Amazing. really nicely and then Bernie walking Mac. around and yeah, that's Mac, just, yeah that shit never fucking appealed to me R.I.P. to him well wow that's a pretty profound way to remember me meeting me I feel fucking so much cooler now because of it I was don't like, don't it's going to my head yeah <laughs> don't get all toxic on me now. <laughs> you do remember when you said I was so cool? Remember that? That's what this podcast is centered around, just highlighting me <laughs> and showing everyone how cool I am. Well, what about yourself? What about with me? I mean, like, I feel like because of the fact that I was so, like, there's such an, a contrast, you know, because, like, I'm talking about all the ways that you introduced me to this, like, very sort of um, intense sort of rebellious lifestyle <laughs> like, why would yeah. you be friends with someone who was opposite that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you were opposite of that. You just weren't exposed to that. And we just always had this sort of bond because we were, like, shitty to each other, as most young teens are. True. And, like, I didn't. it was rare that I would, like, really hang out with you outside of school. Like, I saw you. I had classes with you at school. But, like, because you were so, like held hostage by your parents you were like it was hard to get you to go out even like mm-hmm. like the times we would go out we'd have to really cherish them and you were always just a nice like nice dude fun to hang out with and like yeah like genuine like i didn't feel like you were faking like being into the stuff that i was into too so obviously we clicked on that level because creatively we were into the same kind of things and just remember always you being just a consistent guy you were like you're still the same dude that you were back then but i mean obviously <laughs> A lot cooler because you're in a cooler shit now. And now I, I, I would say the tables are turned in terms of you influencing me on like a lot of film and music that I've, I've never heard of, especially film, like hmm. in comics and stuff. Like you're definitely when I need to like when I'm in a stump or like I want to read something or like just look look into something cool or watch something cool. I definitely you're my go to guy for that too. So it's weird how the tables have turned and you're a lot cooler now. And I just kind of that is interesting. Burned, uh, I'm a burnout. I mean, 
Maybe it's well. It's not necessarily that you're that it's a burnout, right? It's <laughs> no, more no, so that like <laughs> I know, or like you, you just ran with an out. interest that you found early on from our friendship, and totally. it helped. It, it you you know it helped you grow to where you are. Like right now. now, I'm peaking. I'm peaking at this wow. moment, and you've your peak was in high school, and now you've sort of mellowed it out. To uh, just sir, don't say I peaked in high school. I you say it. that. I you say that you were so cool in high school and that you had you were this and that in high school. Isn't it weird now, how you think how cool you are in high or like just how old and how like how, how prof- adult and mature you how are? How profound like, you think you know about things and you just don't know <laughs> shit. You literally not do not know anything. All. Not know anything, dude. It's fucking astounding how much you learn in just like even just three. Even okay, so like even just from eight, like graduating high school to like going into like sophomore year of college, like. When I was in my early twenties, I was like, "I know everything. Like, I got it figured out." And Don't I didn't know anything. Do you think you know the way the world works? Do you think you know the way people work? You think <laughs> you know psychology and fucking <clears throat> psychoanalysis and like <laughs> you just you think you know so many of these things that give you this vision of how the world is supposed to work for you, and yeah. then so many things fucking snap you back into reality, like. The fact that you have to buy, you have to live somewhere. Okay, like so. How, how that's do you the do fucking that, hardest you know? part. Yeah, uh, buying a bed. You know, making sure you have food in the fridge. <laughs> Adulting. Like, hashtag all of these. <laughs> hashtag food in the fridge. Hashtag, hashtag bed. <laughs> hashtag food in the hashtag fridge. Hashtag AC. So then, let me ask you this. Then, what do you think has been the like? What's ha- what's ha- what's made our friendship have this longevity? Um, I think it is the fact that we didn't. Like you said, we didn't really hang out much outside of school, but we always had this like sort of connection where it was like, because like I view you as as a brother, and so I think we have that sort of sibling connection in a way where we can leave for long periods of time without having hung out with each other and come back as if it was exactly the same that we left it as, you know? Yeah. And you can't say the same about that kind of friendship with other folks like even other folks that i'm friends with it's like at some point it's like dude can we like chill for a second like separate for like not (laughs) hang out with each other for a little bit just so like i can remember what you're like you know (laughs) and i think that with with you i think that's why it's kept on so long is that like we've been able to go our own ways and come back with these new lessons but still remain uh, the same in terms of our personality and our. I mean, dynamic. I feel like our dynamic is very much the same as it was. Fucking me whispering it things to you very strangely in freshman year, being like, I don't do. I was weird. I was weird. You were weird. No, you were, and I. Think <laughs> but I was only weird to like. I was like, I hyped. Me, I, no, I, I hyped I, it up can, more with you. <laughs> yes, I can definitely attest to that. Like. I was watching uh, Hills Have Eyes the other day and like seeing all the faces that what's his name makes Pluto, I believe his name is. And it just brought me right back to high school when like I'd be doing homework in class and I'd look up over at you and you would just be from across the room making the same face from that movie where he's like, oh, uh-huh. oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember and that. it's just like <laughs> it just hits you, you know, immediately when you see that, like, oh, yeah, he get, he knows exactly what I think is funny, you know, yeah, and yeah, that's um, a that's a that's a crucial thing too. We have like the same kind of humor, and like it's like a natural totally. like, humor, like we find the same kind of stupid shit funny. 
and it's a very cynical and like dark humor as well. Yeah. Because, well, now it is, but like when we when we first started, it was just very well, much. Yeah, a then, do, do you remember? Okay, there was one specific time <laughs> when we had math class together, and you wanted to play a game where you could see try. You were like trying to imagine the most torturous thing you can do to me, and we'll try and one up each other with uh-huh. that. And it just kept getting progressively darker and darker and darker (laughs) to the point where you were like, I'm going to sew your cheek to the carpet and then rip it off and then peg you with a fucking table leg or something, you know, like just like really raunchy, dark comedy. But I think that's always been our style. (laughs) It really is. Especially especially because I think both of our – like my parents are very – political i think your mom it can fall under that reign of being like she definitely is 100 percent. and i think that rubbed off on us in a way that like during these years of like especially the bush era it was just such a cynical time that that mm. rubbed off on us in a way True. where it was like things that are like have to relate to death or relate to like misery uh, sex or misery is funny because that was all we were seeing all right. the time. I get that. Was that was all that was being related to us. At least for my comedy, that's where I see it coming from now. To- totally, like, yeah. I find very humor in the funny and humor in the atrociousness of it all. Exactly, the theater of the absurd. Like <laughs> ev- everything has like become that. to the point where it's so hyper focused that everything is elevated to uh, uh, to irony and even past mm-hmm. irony, where it becomes surreal. And it's like. How can you not laugh at yeah. shit like that? You know, like, that's why I think all this like the, all this Trump shit and people get so fucking outraged and they get so pissed off at him. And I just think it's funny. Like it's like, dude, like people want to act like all the the stuff that he's doing is brand new and like politicians haven't been fucking been this fucking hypocritical and just pieces of shit for for decades. Yeah, two faced. And he, if anything, he's like at least he's being upfront about it. And I think that I think that's fucking hilarious because people are so invested in either really loving him or hating him when it's like, dude, like this guy's just the biggest fucking troll and like his totally. end game is to just have his name written down for it. Like he's just a, such an egomaniac that mm-hmm. his intention of becoming president wants to into like shape fucking country. He just wants to be like that guy. Like he's another person that you're going to fucking be talking about forever. Like he's going to be in history books in the next like 10 years. He always current. wanted to be the business dude. Like yeah. the guy that like, like mm-hmm. I got like, and it, the person who can bra- who wants bragging rights. Yeah. That's what and it it's is. like, it's it, not even that he wants to be president. It's just, he wants to, Tell people like, "Hey, like, I'm look a at me, yeah. man, I'm the best I'm fucking president." Exactly, exactly. And I just think that shit's hilarious. Like, you can't take this fucking guy serious. Like, come on. Like, at least he's not a fucking like a politician with a serious agenda. Like, of course he's like going on the fucking news outlet saying he has an agenda. But let's be real. Like, he doesn't give a fuck if, this shit, he if any of this pans has no out. No idea what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, like, he does not even read the fucking weekly whatever dossier that he presidents are given so he goes to bed at like seven and eats mcdonald's dude come on he eats mcdonald's all the time dude i had jack in the box like maybe a month ago and i hadn't had it in a while and holy shit like i felt like i felt like i was like i got food poisoning the next day oh jesus but this motherfucker was running around he's campaigning he's fucking eating mcdonald's disgusting fish fillets all the time how could he not laugh at that shit and be like like i hate him like like why are you wasting so much energy hating somebody like this who's fucking a blip on this shit? Like, yeah, because everyone else was so normal and <laughs> yeah, so yeah. fucking so fucking good. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like if everything was that 
great or like they they live in such nostalgic times that they're willing to forego all of historical context just to put it the blame on this one man yeah because he's so outlandish about it yeah and it's like you must have lived a pretty comfortable life right honestly it did not have thought that this entire time was just leading up to a person like this and to think that he embodies everything and everything in the past that led up to this has no significance it's like dude you've just been living a, uh, a very lavish not even lavish but just like um just ignorant sort life. of enclosed it's yeah very enclosed. enclosed that's a better too. word yes um and just like entombed in your own sort of grievances and fucking sorrows and like misery you know whereas yeah. us we're also entombed in that but at least we can laugh at it and that allows us to have fun with other people because of that, because we realize we're all in this together. Whereas yeah. these people feel so individualistic that it's like they Tribal. will never be able to come together on that end. Yeah, like I try and make a, a Trump like like when I like if Trump's on the TV and I'm watching like the news with my mom or something, I'm like he's so cool. Like I just like just say how cool he is and just highlight his fucking great features. And my mom's like, shut up! Like he's fucking disgusting. And I'm like I'm like, dude, I know that, but it's like. Look at the guy. Like this is where since our president. Like I know that's like. <laughs> like oh, this man. is more Again, of a commentary on idea. the Americans of this country, dude. Because goddamn. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. Like that's more of like a comment on just like the people who fucking voted for this guy. Like they just lapped it right up and like. We're just stoked on this dude, and here totally. he is now, and he's probably gonna win again. Tbh, so. Uh, we'll fucking see. I mean, he thinks he it, from the sound of his speech. It sounds like he thinks he's running against Hillary Clinton again. Like he kept mentioning her in his speech. God. So it's like, lock I don't her know up. If he's aware. Yeah, dude, they chanted that again. And his <laughs> yes. Oh my god, give it a rest. Lock her. She's not even running, dude. Like lock her up. I mean, she should. She should still she, be locked up. But come on, she, she really should. I mean, dude, there are so many war criminals out there that have just been let go um and been able to reintegrate themselves into society and get these like very high level paying jobs yeah and just we're and then on the opposite side it's like you're arresting fucking people for doing drugs on the street for selling drugs for selling weed not even real drugs like exactly not even hard ass drugs weed for giving cops a bad look you yeah, know, like for having raves, fucking Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Come on, crack houses. Come on, let them be. Let dude. them be. Let them have. They have nowhere else to How go. How many people do you think would actually survive if the cops just didn't get involved with these situations? Like, if a cop just didn't try to to bust a drug deal. Did you uh, Did you see that recent video of those two cops uh, pulling out that woman because they thought they're? I don't know. I haven't looked. I don't know if they had, her daughter actually stole like a little toy. Barbie doll or something. But oh yes, this fucking yes. security cops like get the fuck down there, like put your hands on. She's like, I'm holding my bait. Like, but don't move. Like, they're like, it's like the same thing uh, with that uh, that yeah, man who was there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And apparently, uh, Jay Z is hiring some lawyers to help sue the cops, which I applaud. She didn't get shot though, right? No, no. But she was like f- aggravated and like assaulted a little bit. Just Jesus she and she said she was pregnant. Christ. So it's like, dude. Yeah, and it's like you can't handle. A fucking kid who stole a baby doll that you have to like. Whip you think out your that gun? is a necessary reaction? Just be like, "Hey, we know you stole it. Like, 
give it back, whatever. But dude, it's not even dude. It's a fucking mass produced item. <laughs> it's not you know a big deal. God. To relate this back to our initial topic, where do you think this idea of like rebelliousness came about for for yourself, and then and then also maybe in relation to how we kind of grew up in our friendship. The rebelliousness. Well, I mean, I've always been into like my family grew up listening to like punk records and shit. So like Black Flag and all that. I grew up listening to that, going to the Sunset Junction when they used to have it over in Sunset and seeing mm. the, all the this this like fringe, these exactly? fringe people, the Sunset Junction. Yeah, it was just basically a street fair that used to take place on Sunset Boulevard. Um, they used to close like a big section of it off on the weekends and they'd have bands perform and like vendors and stuff. And I used to go sometimes with, uh, my uncle and he would just like, cause he was in like a Ramones cover band growing up. Oh, so he would play like, like local bar shows, whatever. And he was Uh friends with, uh, the singer of X. And I remember like this early memory of just like going and like hanging out with her as a kid and being like, Whoa, like this is crazy. (laughs) But also like skateboarding. I was just into rebellious shit. Like. I was just drawn to it. I've always just been like, if something's cool, like, unfortunately, I hate to say, like, I don't li- really like it. It's not that I don't like it, but I'm like, yeah, there's cooler shit to do. So mm-hmm. I think it's just always been, in ba- like, I was fucked from the start for being rebellious because I was raised on, like, a my dad was a drummer in a metal band. My mom's into, like, punk, super political bands and shit. So that's just from birth, dog. It's just day, day one, homie. Day one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, too, I think it's, like, it definitely stems from um, at least my dad more so because he was very politically active when he was younger, and he's been arrested Mm, five different times. I did not know that. Yeah, Mm. for being involved in political actions. In fact, one of the times that he was arrested, he was actually arrested for uh, saving a uh, black gentleman from being beaten to death by the cops uh, at one point. and. I grew up like listening to a lot of these stories and it was just like, I didn't, to me, it's just so, it was just so crazy that even at a young age, you can understand how much power and, and authority yeah. these figures have and how much they want you to just submit to that fear and that authority, you know? And right. growing up with that notion and like seeing my dad, who's like the, one of the nicest people i know like what is a fucking saint and to some people you know and like hearing his stories about the fact that he would potentially put himself in harm's way uh to stand up for what he believes and i thought was like pretty remarkable and then to be able to attach that notion of you know a cab with like punk music it's like how did you get like imagine heaven where did you you get your punk influence from uh definitely my older brother uh, Manny. And where did he get his influence from? He got it from, I mean, well, Manny's had like a really interesting life on his own. So right. I, it, the fact that he was, he's been all over the place and just kind of like in different situations, he has been more influenced by like other people's tastes and music. So he was able to find out a lot about these bands and then share them with me that I was then like, holy fuck, like mm-hmm. putting these two things together, like I was saying, is like the perfect combination of just like uh, rebelliousness and punk music. If if all just connected and it felt right, you know. And then um, enter Cantwell. The most. And then enter Cantwell and it's like, holy shit, there are other people who like the same music, you know. But it's and so it's, funny because we were in such a like stranglehold of fucking religion and just like. Totally, yes. Anti-rebellion. Yes. 
I think that like going to Catholic school my whole life definitely made me want to be rebel right, yeah. a lot more. Like I've been to Catholic mm-hmm. school since I was in middle school. And I've had fucking like I used to get detentions for having like longer hair, which is and my hair was not even long. Like it's like was it used to be like the length of your hair and like totally that's considered long. Like you're gonna you gotta cut it. Like what? Why are you trying to control the way I cut my hair and mm-hmm, dress? Mm-hmm. And I was just always wanted to push back on that. And I just hated being told what to do like that. It's just like Stop. I'll always remember that first day of sophomore year when you came in with your uh, <laughs> two-colored hair head, and then Matoya's like, "You with the two-colored head? You come with me. I don't see. I don't see you being here very long." <laughs> yeah. What about <laughs> you, you fucking dirty that? pervert? Look at well, where does he get off? Didn't he get? Yeah, fucking... Where do you get off telling me about my fucking two? And that's just another. Th- I, I don't. I think it's just like maybe it's my sign. It's a maybe it's, it's just side this, of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what always. Like I always saw through it from the start. Like it's this shit's hip. Like give me a valid reason why you're telling me to cut my hair, other than like, well, that's not godlike, or like, God, you need to be look like a Christian. Like what? Like who's established that? Like so, I've always just yeah, want. Yeah. I've always. It's always just been in my nature to just question shit. Like. For a while, there was a period where I like any somebody anything somebody told me, I'm like, well, what, what, like, why, like, I'd always have to push back. So, my personality has shifted from that because now I'm more like, I'm not even gonna argue with this person, like, I whatever. But I've always, I always have like this like underlining like question inside of me for anything that I say. I always take everything with a grain of salt, and like, if something's logical to me, then I'm like, cool, like, I get it, I understand that, but. If you're just trying to tell me something just because you're a person of authority, I'm going to push back on that immensely. No, and I, I think that was the biggest thing that I liked about you going back to that initial meeting is that like the fact that, yes, like <clears throat> with authority and stuff, you're willing to question it in a way where it's like, why do you think the things you're doing are okay? Right. And when I don't think so – that's not like that's bad or something. Yeah. That's like something you're supposed to put down uh, inside of me, you know. Like and somehow it, it, you're it, it, higher than me in this fucking social s- class. I don't even know. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it's it's very true. And I think like with Catholicism specifically, like it it carries that hypocrisy everywhere it goes because you know, again, living with uh with a fam- with my parents who were so progressive and politically active, but then on the other side they're like but you have to go to church every sunday you yeah, have to like, pray why? you know like oh yeah why <laughs> who the fuck said that those two things are mutually exclusive right that, like if you you can't be politically active unless you do this it's right. like give me a fucking break god doesn't give a shit you know yeah like and if anything jesus was like a political activist if you want to get into you know the weeds with that but Whatever that doesn't even matter. Why did your mom send you to Catholic school to begin with? What was her reasoning for that? Because uh, my grandma, my grandma was. Re- Wait, hold on, real quick. <coughs> um, uh, I was sent to Catholic school because of my uh, grandma. My grandma was really religious, and she was alive uh, until about seventh grade. Um, so, and I also grew up in like Boyle Heights, East LA area and Hollenbeck was like the main school. So it was kind of a school you just go and would get lost in kind of the system there. My mom didn't want that to happen to me. So she's like, I have like, there's no, I had the cheapest alternative is going to a Catholic private school right up the street from literally the cat, the school I went to was my backyard of my house back, yeah. uh, in middle school. So yeah, my mom, since middle, since middle school, I just kind of stuck cause I started off in elementary school and public school, which wasn't, wasn't bad, but you go into like hormones and shit in middle school, you know, like you're bound to get totally. into some shit, but like, especially in Boyle Heights. So 
yeah, she just put me in there to play it safe, and then it kind of just stuck when I went to Catwall, which I begged so many times to get out of there. But then I met like people with like you and Max and Ralph, and like I was just like, this is cool, like whatever, like this is just stupid, anyways. Like I just, it's fucking easy here. Like it's just such bullshit. That's cool. Totally, it really was. I mean, I went to Elman my whole life, or well, from first to fucking uh, senior year. I was in fucking Catholic school, so it was just like a nightmare sometimes where it's just having to go to mass at school oh. and then you come home and then it's Sunday and your parents are <laughs> you like, okay, to time both. to go to mass again. It's like, <laughs> I went to mass already. That's fucking and they're sucks. like, that doesn't count. That doesn't count? <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't count? No one's counting. <laughs> yeah, like, who was keeping score of this? Like, what? Yeah. You need to win those brownie points if you want to go to heaven. Dude, and that's just, all that that shit is centered on. All these repent, repenting and saying your Hail Marys. That's the, all that shit is, yeah, brownie points. But it's also bullshit because, it again, it justifies the evil actions you can take yeah. up until that point. It's right. like, all I need to do is pray, and then I can I rape Get away kid. with it. Dude, when I was, yeah. a, when I was a kid. That's what Biden probably tells him every time before he goes down to his basement to fucking meet his new prospect. Dude, honestly, when I was a kid in middle school, like, when I first got into Catholic school and I got all this taught, like, I don't know, they embedded so much, like, just deep-seated guilt for just thinking anything, like, sexual yeah. or, like, mm-hmm. wanting to, like, masturbate or, like, look at porn as a kid. You're like, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking sinning. Like, I need to just do a Hail Mary or some shit. It's like, what? Like, that shit is unnatural as opposed to just letting your natural instincts just flourish and, you know, pleasuring yourself and just taking care of yourself like a natural human being does. Like- that's why I kind of envy the kids that are growing up now because they have such an easier access to it. But also... <laughs> to what? To porn? Yeah, to porn. But also because of <laughs> the envy idea... Them. Be, but because of the idea of sexuality and gender. Like, right. It's so so like open those, now. Exact, those notions are so fluid now, whereas when we were growing up, it's like, no, that's, that's not boy shit, you know? Yeah. Like, or like your friends call you gay for doing certain things, you know, like it was, like you said, you pick on each other because that's just like what you do as like yeah. sort of brotherly, uh, and, and you're fucking insecure as fuck. So like exactly. ragging on somebody, well, not just that, but you're like insecure. So like ragging on somebody else true, and like true. getting your group of friends to laugh at that person, it feels good. Cause you're the heat's off of you and off of like the stuff that it's in your head that you're the scrutiny about. is off of you. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why, like, I mean, even even with those ideas of sexuality, even like, to be honest, for me, when I grew growing up uh, in the household I was in, I never felt like what like a man per se is supposed to like supposed to be or stereotypically supposed Uh to feel like. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, Because I just I like. I like I'm a very sensitive person. I cry a lot. I I like do these certain things that I have been told and I've seen in media that aren't manly uh enough. And so you suppress those because like you said you're insecure. You want to be impressionable to people. And I think that a lot of people now like kids nowadays are maybe being hit with those ideas too quickly and too rapidly like yeah. It's it's just all being told to them at once from such a young age and it's dude, it's so hard to wrap your mind around. I think what's like a parent like parent you're like your parents would have had their hands full as fuck if you we were being raised during this time because like if they try to shelter oh you from video God. games and movies and shit, like 
dude, you get video games on your fucking phone that are super violent. You know, like there's no uh-huh. getting around violence and just any of that shit. So like, it's so easy to be exposed to all this sexuality and violence and just all these like concepts Macabre that cob things. I yeah, know, like. like- like I remember growing up, like the most that you had to like see some fucked up shit was like going on Rotten or like Bescoir or something, and that was you like were oh, my like... outlet to that. <laughs> like I would only see that unless I was hang- <laughs> unless I was hanging out with you. If the I was, I would never be all of that, dude. I could remember <laughs> when uh, we you were living in San Francisco and me and Ralph went to go visit for the first time, mm-hmm. and I was already like really nervous going with Ralph because we had only gone once before with a big group and it was like for, with the school, so I couldn't like I felt like I wasn't as independent. But going with Ralph that first time, we were able to smoke and drink like at ca- very casually. It was a very like a mature trip. Yeah, I was living and then, in the dorms. Yeah, exactly. So it felt like, holy shit, like this is like what adulting feels like, you know? It was the and furthest thing from adulting. <laughs> I know it was. But that, that again, you but just it, feel perspectively, like yeah. When, you, when you're in that position. That's, it's the freedom that you have. You're like, yeah, like, exactly. I, I fucking, this is my bed. I fucking leave here whenever I want. I'll go get a <laughs> beer when I want. Like, exactly. smoke cigarettes out the yin yang. This life is great. <laughs> Those were some crazy, some crazy. Okay, but anyway, so like when we got there, I knew that we were going to be smoking a lot more than I'm used to. So we ended up, I believe, taking edibles and blazing out in your dorm, and we started watching that documentary, Buried in the Sand. Is it a documentary? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is a documentary. I don't know. Okay. It was on Netflix. I don't remember what the, the right. dialogue or discourse on that was. It was I just remember jumping to videos. It was just torture. It was, it was just, just torture videos. Torture. Yeah. And <laughs> I there was one part where uh, they were holding some dude by a bamboo stick and his feet were tied to the bamboo stick. So he was just like upside down and they were just smacking <laughs> his feet with like a reed or something. No, you it was know? like police batons or something. Oh yeah, or like, but they weren't actual batons. They like were pieces of wood. It looked like like bamboo <laughs> just or blunt something. objects. Just hard whipping these guys' feet, dude. Re- and- real quick sidebar. Just speaking of feet and being fucked up, I was fucking driving around for work the other day, and I saw these people on the floor. Like one dude was on the floor. There were two dudes standing mounted on their birds. You know what a bird is, right? Yes, of course I know what a bird is. Okay, so I was like in waiting like to, to turn and I was a little further back and uh-huh. I see the guy on the ground and I see them standing there and I'm like, What the fuck are they doing? And like as I was starting to get closer, like they're they take their phones on and it looks like they're trying to take like a photo of the guy. So I'm like, Are they just taking like a stupid like oh wipe out? Like some kind of photo like that. And then I get yeah. close, dude, and the guy's ankle is literally almost behind, like completely turned around. Like it, it was at a 90 degree angle, but oh. like a painfully looking 90 degree angle. And like the guy was just on the ground, like he's just like, oh, like, and his bird was all crashed. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, it would look really bad. I was like, damn. Off so a you bird? could actually see his foot like that because he was keeping it elevated, and he was clo- he was like really close to the street. Like he kind of had to move over. So where oh. I was turning, I saw him, and he just had his foot up, and like he was just like crawling because he was in front of a driveway. So he was like crawling because the oh, car was coming out, God. and he was just like his foot was just like. But yeah, just I'm I had so to share glad you. I'm so glad you're not a bird guy, dude. Because I know if fuck? you had one back in the day, we would have like we probably would have been that dude, a bird guy. <laughs> But yeah, watching uh, uh, murder videos. So yeah, fond so memory. Sand, guys getting whipped on his feet with their fucking blunt object. <laughs> because I was so stoned, I 
every time I saw the impact to this guy's feet, I felt it. In, like my body would jolt inside. Yeah. I was like jolting every single time. And it got to the point where I was like, dude, like, I, I know I'm high, but I like this is so fucked up, even for like mine and Josh's <laughs> friendship. Like, I don't know if I should be watching this right dude, that's now. That's not even just, the worst thing I've shown you. But that's but like it being that high and at that moment, like after all that time of knowing you, yeah, I should have expected it, right? I remember it was showing you in worse than what I thought. I remember you showing showing you in high school the the Russian maniacs. Uh, Dude, that we didn't was even far get worse. through it. I couldn't we get through it. Couldn't I couldn't watch that it one. because it was just like I get chills in my stomach thinking about that. Like my that was just bad. In my stomach drops. That one was really bad. For the listeners so who don't know what we look, we're, for the listeners who don't know what we're talking about, there was this video circling around. It wasn't the they weren't called the Russian. Don't look it up. It was like the don't Dur- do it. I don't know. There were some weird, some Eastern European, uh, Eastern European dudes, and they just have this guy off this. Oh, it's the Denapropetrovsky maniacs. I murdered that fucking way to say it. Were uh, they a serial you, basically, a mani- Ukrainian dudes. Uh, they were two serial killer guys, and they, they, they recorded one where they're bashing this poor helpless man on the floor with like ham- straight up hammers, and then they move to stabbing him repeatedly with screwdrivers in his face and his nose. Goddamn like, screwdriver! And then they're like lifting up his skin with the <sighs> screwdriver. It was re- very graphic, but that one was what I couldn't get up. Pat, I couldn't even watch it. And uh, yeah, that's what our friendships built on murder videos. Yeah, I mean, again, going back to the cynicism of being in the age of torture and stuff where, like, oh, yeah. that's displayed daily with the shows and the films you watch, regardless, you know? And, like, the fact that we were so into it to a sense – I mean, Jesus Christ. How many serial Dude, it was, that was on during that those years? That was on Netflix. That the Buried in the Sun was on Netflix. And it's funny that you pointed out because that was the that age. That is wild. That was the age of torture. Yeah, like 24 and just all fucking Guantanamo. The Shield. Yeah, all, all of that. That's interesting that, that you said that. I never, I never like, thought of that. Stop it. Well, I mean, that's why we have such a huge Islamophobia problem. You oh, know? yeah. Because, like, oh, yeah. think about every single villain that was portrayed in that media. It was some fucking rich, snobby, weaselly-looking Arab dude that <laughs> happened to fund a lot of terrorists for some reason. Yeah. And it was the white guy that had to stop them, right. you know, that had to foil the plan. And, dude, I mean, we went crazy after that. I'm surprised we survived it and came out a little bit unscathed, you know? We still got that mind poison like we talked about, but... I mean, I think we just knew how to differentiate what was going on like i'm glad we didn't we weren't action movie guys because maybe we could have very well turned out to be some oh, more yeah. psychopath dudes in real life like i think we were um like honestly because i don't want to speak for max but max almost seems like the kind of guy who might have turned out to to be one of those <laughs> for listeners who don't know max is another friend of ours who was really close to us in high school i dormed with him in college and now he has since joined the military so Shout out to him, but yeah, I can see what you're saying about that. He Boom, has some issues. Put a neat little bow on it right there with the military <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, uh, yeah, he was a little troubled, and he was definitely on the spectrum of quickly going to violence if necessary. <laughs> but I also think, like, I mean, coming from where we grew up, what we grew up with and stuff, there was definitely that um, sense of urgency because it was just like the 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 modality that we were living in 
didn't provide for us in the sense that, you know, our future was very bleak. Like everything was very yeah. bleak at that time where it was like, you have to do these certain things in order to put you in a space that's going to um, provide for you and, and that's going to provide a future. But in that time specifically, it was like, there was no sense of the future at all. Like none of that was ever presented to us in a way that was hopeful. It was all very bleak, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think much about my future when I was in high school. I'm surprised I ended up, or I had the life that I did after <laughs> high school. Like, I didn't. I was so like reactionary, just immediate thinking about what's happening now. Like, just is that trying what to convinced be- you to go to San Francisco? I mean, I was forced by my mom to go to out of town for school. Like, she's like, "You're not staying in LA. Like, you're gonna either go to San Francisco, or San Diego, or out of state somewhere." And I think I applied to like some other NorCal schools, and uh, I got into San Francisco. So I was like, "San Francisco's cool. Like, let's do it." So I'm very glad I went to school up there because it was awesome. Dude, I wanted to go to San Francisco, so I applied to SF State. I asked my parents. And they said that I should do two years at Cal State LA first and then think about transferring up okay. there instead. Yeah. And the reason they gave me uh, later after I had moved out and shit was that at the time, because of how I, uh, how I acted in high school, they didn't think that I would be able to handle um, going to a school, like a college like that and do- being on my own. Right. And being able to like get good grades and stuff, wow. you know. I mean, so it was it's a lot. Like, I wasn't worth the bet, basically. <laughs> Damn, their parents have a lot of faith in you. I mean, now they do because it's like now they see it's like well, I you can shove it. it in their face and be yeah. like, "Yeah, that's fucking right," you know. You like you did live up way. there, yeah, yeah. It was and, cool. I'm glad I, I went. Like it was interesting because I went right before the tech bloom started to happen. So like. True, you did, yeah. Right as it was starting to kind of take hold, I was seeing San Francisco morph, and you still got a very uh, like classic style of San Francisco, I think, and that's what made me really enjoy it when we would go up to visit, and yeah. even when we moved over there, I mean, it was still in that it's early it was in stages. that threshold. It yeah. was like starting to integrate into the tech boom and stuff, yeah. and then after that, I mean, since then, it's been just. F- wild <laughs> i haven't been back in a long time so i'm curious to see what san francisco when's the last time you've been uh it had to be a little over a year ago when me and ralph dj'd for one of our friends oh, things right, up there right. that was that's yeah that was the last time i went up to san francisco i can't remember i went last november and or december november or december and it the area that uh we were living in in the tenderloin and stuff you know how past, like, n- down market, obviously, as you get towards Embarcadero, it's just all fucking downtown, you know, the yeah. lifestyle, the big buildings. Everything before that was kind of like, you know, the slums or whatever, you know, like a lot of, like, homeless yeah. people were around there. It's completely changed. Like, wow. go, they have a Twitch building on that side where the slums used to be, Whoa. you know? Whoa. Like, I, Twitch headquarters right on Market Street. Whoa. Um, it's weird. And like going down there, it's like they moved a lot of these people out. And it's just wild how much that the 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 landscape I is guess, changing. I guess, but also the culture. Like everyone there is all about that just sort of us like 
I don't know, the just like that elitism that like like I live in San Francisco Look, I'm fucking downtown because I can but afford I, it. Yeah, like I'm woke, but I'm also for profit, dude. So <laughs> exactly, it's yeah, that like it's I'm, that mentality. It's literally the I am uh, socially liberal but economically conservative. Yeah, it's like exactly. So you're just conservative. Like, just say you're conservative. <laughs> like, obviously, the the economic policies of a conservative are going to harm the socially liberal yes. people. You know? Yeah. Like, and I think that's how a lot of San Franciscans live their lives nowadays. Is trying to. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I have this like romantic like perception of San Francisco still in my mind. Like when I think back, I have nothing but fond <laughs> memories of San Francisco and just fond memories well, of the good. city. That's good. But in like the one of the main reasons I like left there is because I saw what it was turning into, and I saw like. I don't want to be involved in this. Like, this isn't mm-hmm. my sector of like industry or career. I want to be in. Like, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of opportunities and cool to go do cool shit up there. But it just wasn't me. Like, I just I lived. I worked in the financial district, you know. So like, I was seeing all these dudes come and ship their fucking shit because I worked at UPS. Come and ship their shit and just the kind of white techie surfer dudes that were coming in, and I was just like, uh, yeah, this kind of sucks. <laughs> But yeah, it's weird because I mean, like that's happening in LA. Like I know LA has always is, been LA has always been this melting pot of just different kind of cultures and people and all just businesses. It's always been that, but now it's kind of getting more geared towards the young, you know, entrepreneur startup guy opening up his own weed shop. The it's startup where definitely the thing. It's the weed shop startups that are all down here, dude. It's all about really? the marijuana industry down here. Yeah, dude. There's bill. There's literally billboards on all the so many like i want to say almost every block in like downtown there's like medman or like some fucking weed tincture shit you can buy now and like cbd oil billboards everywhere cbd water it's like it's the tech industry but for weed you know like that's happening down here so speaking of a lot of these okay going back to the questions again there's a lot of talk that we're getting into that's very like about like these sort of like neoliberal policies. So like that gets into this like sort of class uh, aspect of it. And I was just wondering like when did you notice like when did you first come to notice sort of like what class you were in? Like so, when you looked at like your economic class compared to others, when did you when did you first notice that? Probably like sixth grade. Was there an instance that set that off or like making more for it? Because when I was in middle uh, elementary school, I kind of had like one or two friends. And we, again, living in Boyle Heights, I used to go to their houses and they had one bedroom houses with like full families, you know, like living in there. So I would go over and not think anything of it. Like, oh, your brother and sister all share this room and like your mom is over here. Like, that's normal to me, whatever. Uh-huh. And then I met a couple of friends in middle school and like that's when you have to start paying for school. So obviously some of those kids are coming a little bit more from money, you know, as opposed because I went to public school in elementary school. So I started going over their houses and like seeing like what their families were driving and like having to come home, not having like internet at my house for like the longest period of time. I lived in a one bedroom. I mean, you went to my house and even in high school, like yeah, we yeah. were living in a one bedroom apartment and if in middle school elementary school it was even an even smaller one bedroom apartment like it was practically a studio that me and my mother were living in so like from then on i was like shit and like my friends were always like getting cell phones and shit and like ipods like this is when ipods were starting to come and i didn't have any of that shit like the most i had was a playstation 2 you know and to mm-hmm. me that was like this is dope but early on dude like from then like just as a kid especially because going back to being really insecure like you just compare yourself so much to 
your surroundings because you don't know anybody. You're like, whoa, this is cool. Like, why are I? Why isn't my family like this? So from an early age, I was very much aware of like where our social class is. Interesting. That's so like, especially and even in high school, it was like heightened even more because I'd go to like your house, like totally, totally Max's house, like you fucking these nice ass properties, and I'm like, damn, like we ain't got that. But I mean, like, but but I never lived like poor. Like I was never, I wasn't a hungry kid. You know, it was just like, yeah, yeah. We had what we had, and we had the food that we had, and it was fine. Like I was not, I wasn't happy, but I was very much aware that like my family had a lot less <laughs> than others. That's yes, because like for me, I felt this. Well, not the same. I mean, because Max only has a sister. Like my parents had since they had five kids. Not that that's an excuse, but that like I feel like for them, that's what kind of took advantage over everything else in terms of what they were able to do i guess financially and from the stories that i hear about them like now it's like they i mean it just i, mean, I, I can never kids, dude, imagine having that many yeah that many kids and trying to provide for all of them in equal measure you know yeah and um i am so like that I think that's the reason why for me it's like that's how I noticed it is the fact that I felt so grateful for the fact that I was able to like live in the in those means. Yeah. And because of that, seeing other people who aren't able to, it like that fucking humbles you a lot and it also puts you in perspective that it's like, damn, well then why can't they like why aren't they in a in a position where they can, you know? Like yeah. and then you start thinking about that further, it's like well, damn, it's almost like other people don't let them or like other people won't let them, you know? Like they don't have resources to have to get them where they are. Exactly. And um, again, going back to like being in a very political household, my dad was very much about this type of person that's like a liberation theologist, you know, like uh, not technically Catholic or Christian, but somewhere in in the middle where um, the teachings of of uh, the Catholic Church aren't taken seriously enough that they provide for the community and yeah. only provide for themselves. Mm. So I think I took a lot of that morality and that perspective and was able to f- focus like a class consciousness with like all my friends. And it wasn't to the point where like I felt like I was better than anyone. It was just yeah, I, I mean, felt equal to everyone. Yeah, as a kid, you don't really think about it and amongst your friends, like in terms of their class. You just see like like I never was like Caesar's richer than me. I was like his family. He he comes from a two income household. Like his family mm-hmm. does more mm-hmm. shit. Like I know where my mom. It's my mom. You know, like she's doing what she can for us, and it's fu- that's fine. But like I had some of my friends like comment on like my fucking social class too. Like they would make comments. I'd be like that kind of sucks. But at the same like. I always had a, I guess like. Really? Jesus Christ. Yeah, for sure. Like all the time. Not all the time, but like Max and like, yeah, they would like make comments about Like I remember one time I got an Xbox or something and I didn't get like the fucking elite version or whatever. And I remember being like, or hearing from somebody else like, oh yeah, like they got him that version because he's like poor or some shit. Jesus Christ. But I was was like, dude, like I knew I wasn't poor. Like I just lived in a small house. Like that kind of sucks. But like I had the like. I was fortunate enough to have my own, at least my own room, you know, like I was very well taken care of as a kid. Yeah. I didn't have as much as like everyone else, but like my mom still gave me a bunch of like, she treated me well. Like I used to get to go to raves and shit, you know, like like, again, like again, coming, go ahead. Coming from like a conservative (laughs) household. I was, I, I think like that, 
like almost for me, I was envious of that fact that it was like, damn, like it almost felt like you did really get to do sort of what you wanted or what your uh, yeah, because my mom's were into my mom, and, but like, that was encouraged too. You and know? like, th- like thank God I'm not a piece of shit. Like thank God for my mom too, because like I had so much freedom and like. Yeah, I was a delinquent here and there, but like I was pretty tame. Like I could have been a lot. Like I went to school every day, you know. Like I did well in school, but like I smoked a bunch of weed. I did a bunch of like ecstasy and shit. Drank like during the weeks, and like I got my shit done though. You know, like I think like my mom knew what's up because she kind of she grew up even she had an even rougher childhood than I did. You know, and she Ooh. comes from that rebellious kind of background too. So I think she kind of knew what's up, and she didn't see me as like a fuck up. Like I don't know. Wait, hold on. Did you like turn a fan on or something? No. Oh. Can you talk real quick? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I'm here. But yeah, here. I I think I lived a good childhood, and I I just definitely aware of where we stood. But I never I never like I don't know I never let it get to me really. I was a little yeah. embarrassed about it as a kid, but at, hmm. for the most part, I was like, yeah. That's really interesting. I've never like, yeah. Again, a lot of these things. It's like I feel like we've never really talked about, yeah, per se. But um, in that case, talking about like childhood and stuff. What's your um, when you think back on childhood and whatnot? What's your fondest memory? <laughs> That's funny. I was going to ask you that one of those questions. Uh, what's my fondest memory of childhood? Like what? Yeah. What, what age bracket of childhood? Because I can. I have a few. Like, I can point to. Well, like, what's one memory that you always go back to, that you lean on, kind of, as a childhood <sighs> memory, that you're like, damn, that was, like, it just, br- yeah, it brings you back into that perspective, into that mode as a child. Um, I mean, definitely as a child, or are we talking, like, see, like, a teenager? Growing up, I would say. Growing up. Well, I'll give it to you in segments. So, like... okay. Middle school, definitely smoking weed for the first time and, like, hanging out <laughs> with my friend who, like, had older cousins who were, like, smoking weed. And he's like, yeah, like, I smoke weed when he didn't smoke weed. But we were, like, both starting to smoke weed together. And, like, we were just skateboarding and smoking weed. And I remember distinctly the first time ever really getting high and, like, being at his house. Like, we used to – I got so high with him one time that he lived in El Sereno. I don't know if you're familiar with El Sereno. Yes, I am. So the way that El Serino is scared, it's like a lot of the houses are on the side of like a cliff. Not a cliff, but like a mountain. But hills, hills. basically. Yeah, it looks yeah, like hills. there's a lot of hills up there. And I always remember going to TJ and seeing houses on hills being like, these are the houses, whatever. So my high ass, we were driving around late at night because we, we were friends with an older guy. And we were driving around later, late at night and like, I just remember like coming to being like, what the fuck? Like we drove to TJ? Like why the fuck are we in TJ right now? Like. What the hell? What? When did we drive? Like we've been driving for hours and we're in TJ because it looks just like it. And they're like, "No, fool! Like we're not in TJ." And I was like, "Dude, you guys are fucking lying! Like this shit is we're in TJ right now." And I just remember moments like that. Like, that was like a weekly thing. We or yeah, like every weekend we would just go to his house and get fucking faded and talk shit like that. Like I remember one time fucking storming into his house because we were just super high, pretending to be like a SWAT team or something. This is like seventh eighth grade. Just doing delinquent ass shit, being really high. So that's like middle school. So middle school being introduced to weed and like smoking cigarettes and shit and like learning like, oh, I can be out late. Like getting my first little taste of the nightlife. Uh-huh. And then I would say in like high school, there's early high school was like going out to like punk shows and being really into punk and 
being like, yeah, like fuck yeah, fuck authority and all this shit. <laughs> Being that guy for a long time. Dude, authority's so gay. And then, like, I don't know, getting exposed <laughs> to raves and dance music. And then totally, like, changing, like, who I was. Not who I was as a person, but who I wanted to, like, come off as as a person, I guess. Because I was still into the same things during my transition and, like, liking dance music and all that stuff. But then I was, like, introduced to this whole other world of nightlife that I was like, fuck. Like, you can be out to, like, 2 in the morning. Keep in mind, I was, like, 16, 17 still. But being out super late, taking like drugs and just being out, like being introduced to drugs. I think I, dr- <laughs> drugs is like a, been a central drugs. point. I mean, I'm not saying do drugs, but they've definitely like do drugs. Yeah, like I, I can say. look back to a lot of times in my life where like drugs had a hand in. Like, luckily for me, like I know how to differentiate like being a piece of shit and turning it off and not being like I'm good off drugs. Like I don't need to be on fucking ecstasy while I'm in high school. Like some of these kids, dude, I think it's because they didn't know that there was an option to go out at night. It's because a lot of during like my junior I remember our junior year, like a lot of these kids were getting tagged with like having E at school and like being on E and like getting drunk at school and like doing whippets and shit. And I'm like, dude, y'all are fucking whack. Like you how you don't know that the bell <laughs> rings at two thirty. Like you can go do this shit. Not here. Like they just don't know, you know, like they're like, oh my God, like I got a little something. Like, let's go to the bathroom. Like, how many fucking people got caught in our high school doing stupid shit like that? Yeah, I mean, a bunch of fucking people got caught. I think it's just like different segments of my life where I had more freedom. Not so much the having the drugs, but having the freedom to go be on my own and make my own decisions and just like socialize and learn other learn life lessons other than from like my parents, you know? Because for mm-hmm. the longest time, that's all you know about like what they say is fucking gospel, you know? So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you go and you get these other perspectives and you just learn how to be like a kid and just learn from your fucking surroundings. And yeah. So each time I think it's just been friends that are really, I can always reflect back on different eras of friends, college, obviously like going to college and like experiencing that shit. And so then, uh, so then if that's the more older state, what about childhood then? Like when I was like a kid, kid, yeah, kid. I'm talking like maybe uh, up till third grade, fourth Fuck, grade. I don't even know if I can remember. I used to shit my pants really? and pee my pants a lot in kindergarten or first <laughs> so there's grade. There's no fond memories when you're that age. Fond memories. Um, yeah, I mean like. Or even with your mom, like something with your mom, maybe that there's like. Yeah, I mean that well, memory. Well, there's that, memories, like, but I don't like look back at them and be like this is why why i am who i am today no 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 i don't <laughs> oh, i thought that's kind of what your question was was like what memories Not have shaped me because that was my question to you was going to be like what memories in your life oh. what life experiences have kind of <laughs> so shaped you to who you are <laughs> to who you are today and do you feel that those life less life experiences have shaped you to be a good person and are you content mm. with who you are i mean obviously we're going to keep growing because we're still really young we're not even in our 30s yet but it's still learning, do you like yeah. that the do you like the trajectory of your personality you're on you know what's funny going back to that idea of like when you're in high school you think you fucking know it all and stuff and yeah. like i remember having a really intense conversation with my parents uh and telling them i am growing into this man that you aren't comfortable <laughs> oh, with and you need to be okay with that because like this is who I am, yeah. And then I look back on that now, and I'm like, damn, that's fucking dumb. Because like that's not like I'm not that same person at right. all. And <laughs> but uh, you were at that just, time, and that that having yes. that conversation, and, ha- you know, you can, now you're reflecting back on it, and you're like, you can you're, realize you're so 
uh, fucking like galvanized to that idea that like you know what's good for you, so let me be yeah. independent. Yeah, that's and the early twenties is all about that shit. Totally, so yeah. eager to rush what comes naturally, and um, I think I've had a lot of experiences where that's definitely shaped who I like my outlook now, but also. I feel like it's such a constant learning process that I'm yeah. not so I'm break it never down. going to be who I am. But um, Break yeah, it down for me, uh, sort of how I broke it down for you, and just some <laughs> segments of your life that have kind of led you to where you're... What's funny with the whole marijuana thing is that I remember the first time I was ever I ever heard the word or, or was introduced to what it was was my mom took me to a barber shop right off of uh, Garfield kind of near where Brew Kitchen is actually uh-huh. uh, it's across the street where the liquor store is and, and stuff that Jewish one uh, but but in that plaza they had a bar uh, a bartender or I'm sorry they a barber a shop you got your haircut by a bartender <laughs> That's mom's taking me to drink already uh, and this barber cut my hair and like uh, at one point, my mom took me outside, and I saw her talking to the gentleman inside, and then she come, came back out, and I asked her, like, what was that all about? And she was like, oh, those guys, they were they smelled like pot. They oh, were smoking God. pot, and I don't want them cutting your hair because they could cut you. They could easily, <laughs> you know, cut Talk you. about reefer madness. Jesus. Totally. Exactly. And that's the first aspect. The first <laughs> thought I had in my mind was, like, associating it, like, weed plus scissors equals you know, death or something, you know, so never do that. Right. Um, and, uh, but like, again, like there's just like very specific experiences, especially with, uh, as it pertains to drugs, because I think that's what kind of opened me up to a lot of these different, uh, ideas and ideologies that shaped me because comes freshman year, I meet you and then I'm introduced to marijuana again uh, but not in a way that was like very violent or like very intrusive, you know. Yeah. Because at this point, I'm older. I I can understand it more. And we were going to an event at, uh, it was like our homecoming event. And we went to your house after school to hang out for a little bit. And we were taking the bus back to school. And on our way to the bus stop, one of your friends came, and you were talking to the, to him for a little bit. And then you're like, hey, dude, I'm going to hang out with this guy and we're going to smoke for a little and then we'll we'll meet you at the school. And I was like, smoke? We're like, what do you, what the fuck what do you mean? <laughs> like, smoke cigarettes? Uh-huh. And you told me, like, no, dude, we're going to smoke weed. Like, do you want to join? And I w- we were with Broken One at that time and he was totally not down. <laughs> so I was like, nah, like, I'll go with him, you know, like, he seems very uncomfortable, like, it just felt weird, Broken you know? like, one. especially with him. Yeah. So. Because he kind of comes from the same back- parenting totally, background yes. as you, yeah. So, so yeah. So that's why I was like, I stuck with him. Right, like, right. No, we're, we're just sticking this together. But I remember thinking about it, like, <laughs> holy shit, like, this guy's doing it. I consider him a friend. He doesn't seem dangerous or, like, weird to me, you know, yeah. like, maybe, like, it's not as bad as I think it is, you know? And it wasn't until like I finally smoked that I think that like I was able to come into myself more naturally. Like now I feel like because of it, I feel more like the person I'm supposed to be Mm. rather than being this very like sort of stuck in your own head, sort of stuck in your own uh, mentality and your own ways because of the fact that you weren't able to release it in those early ages. Like I'm glad I was able to do that finally. Yeah. 
it's again, with that a... conservative cultural lifestyle, it's like you you feel like you're never able going to you're never able going to so then do these things, and they're going to be taken um, positively. So then, would you, would you kind of look back on that as a point in your life where you were like, "Shit's changing," and I'm a different kind of starting to form my own actual adult thoughts or. My own personal Definitely. thoughts rather than, you know. Influence. I mean, I still felt like I had this nagging voice of like my parents constantly telling me like, oh, don't do this. You know, of don't course, do this. God's yeah. watching. Yeah, God's but watching. But then I remember like back when I was a kid, like in junior high, using the devil as my excuse to get out of certain things I didn't want to do. Like there are like certain chores or shit or like certain things I would get in trouble for and then – I would tell them, my mom, like, oh, the devil made me do it, mom. It was the devil, you know? <laughs> and they would believe me because of the fact that they were so religious. They would just be like, <laughs> What do you oh. mean? Like, I would tell them Satan possessed me to do these things. Like, Satan was tempting me. And so I, you were exploiting it early on already. So you were a little oh, exploiter. Oh, I already knew, like, this is fucking bullshit. You know, this is whack. This is obvious. You two obviously don't abide by this, you know, in your own household. Like, what the fuck are we doing? So it was like, again, a, a, a source for me to be able to exploit, but because I had this authority figure of them being like, you have to go to church. You have to uh, say your Ten Commandments. You have to pray the rosary. Okay. Like, there would be times when I would be like, a kid super afraid of the dark telling my parents I'm scared and they'd hand me a rosary and be like, just pray to God and you know, you'll be okay and you'll fall asleep. And it's like, I'm just clutching this rosary as a kid. Like, okay, like maybe, you know, maybe. <laughs> God, it sounds horrifying. Jesus. But that's the thing. It's like you, you rely on just this aspect of like what this authority figure is telling right, you. Right, right, right. And you've been told your whole life, God is good. God hates fucking, God is counting your sins. God is watching you when you smoke weed. God is watching you when you masturbate. It's like God like, cares about all of that. He cares about, cares about him so much. So much. <laughs> so weed, dude. Weeds have been the motivation. So weed feature. has been, I think weed has definitely been like a, a stepping stone, if you will. Weed? Yeah, yes. I mean, I don't, I would say more so, like I was saying, it's not so much the weed aspect. It's you, you know, like removing yourself from this influence that your parents have told you about God and like the yes, punishment yeah. that comes with it and you being able to like make that decision on your own. And that's a big decision for some Some people are fucking deathly afraid of like any kind of drug in any capacity. Like it's like old people now like are starting to come around with weed because there's more like, you know, stuff on the media about it and have the benefits. But for all, dude, so many people are prudes to weed and like, oh my God, you're fucking smoking. Like, don't let me smell that shit. Or like, I used to have, like, I still have friends who are like, oh, I got to spray. Like, I can't go home because I don't want to smell like weed. Like, <laughs> what? Dude, like, I'd rather be like, if I was smelling like cigarettes, I'd be more concerned. But what the fuck, weed? Like, to be honest, my mom is still like that. Like, literally, a couple months <clears throat> back, she I was talking to her and I was going to go visit, and she was like, "Well, you better not smell like weed." Yeah, it's like what's smell the big like deal? What is home. it? Who is it hurting? Like, it's I exactly, ex- yeah, like Ooh. ecstasy and like hard drugs. I can understand, but like weed, come on. They act as if I'm coming home like some fucking um, like crackhead or cocaine adult. Yeah, person you're like on some like, sort of binger or something. Yeah, stealing from their purses and like <laughs> you know raiding their fridges for food and Chaw. beer, and then leaving and never speaking them speaking to them until the next fucking family outing. I don't know. Like 
I think it's just a negative stigma. That's probably religion has definitely been a stigma on my on my family. Like I, I feel like my dad would have been so uh, much more radical if he had just religion foregone, forsaken the religion and just why took up, like, have you forsaken me? Just play chop suey for him, <laughs> and he'll fucking know what the fuck's up. Uh, oh man, it wasn't until I caught him. Uh, watching porn that I was like, oh, damn, like you're like, a real I dude. Vindicated. <laughs> That's fucking awkward. What? So uh, let's talk about when we uh, walked in on our parents having sex. Go ahead. I've actually never walked in on them. Uh, no, they've always been answering. courteous enough to lock the door. So it's never been in uh, a position where like I've walked in on them. They probably like, have the safest sex. The safest, the driest sex your parents probably have. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> Isn't it so weird to be like, oh, I don't like it. Like, it's like you're like you get hit in the funny bone or something when like someone brings you up any sort that. of sexual act involving your parents. You're just like, uh, stop it! Like, it's so weird. Like, it's just like a totally an evolutionary thing that goes in you. You know, like it that, is. I mean, especially because you're with them twenty four seven too. You're just yeah. Like, do not like people. Some people do. There's some weirdos out there who are fucking in love with their kids. Oh, but yeah, so that like, have it. you seen that show Smothered, dude? That's come that just came out on uh, TLC. No, do they kiss them on the lips? No, but it's about these two, these mother and daughter pairs who are like super obsessed with each other. She's my best friend. We go everywhere. I'm oh going to get Botox and that will really be twins. And like, let me get in the bathtub. Is it still warm? Okay. Like, <laughs> let me use your water. Like they're fucking, it's insane, dude. But what do you think about that idea of uh, family members kissing on the lips? Like when they greet each other and stuff, have you ever seen that? Or like, well, the American hero, Tom Brady does it. So, uh, it must be cool. It must be go. very normal. Yeah, no. Uh, what do I think about it? I think it's fucking weird, dude. I would never kiss my mom on the lips. I even it, just kissing so and just weird. just a kid, the act of kissing uh, to my any it's, of my parents is so weird. Even just on the cheeks, like I know, like you know, it's whatever. It is so just, intimate I'm not do of it. a thing to get that <laughs> kiss close me. to someone's face to kiss, like like on I've the lips, bro. Yeah, and that too. It's like, <laughs> god damn, why did you? Greet your family member. Like, like what do you gain? Like, what do you like? Mm, oh, that was a great kiss. Like, thanks. Like, I'm so, I'm so happy <laughs> to see a you. Weird thing. Like, a do. hug is sufficient, dude. I can embrace enough. I don't need to fucking handshake, like... hug, <laughs> side hug with the awkward arm over the shoulder. Yeah. Anything but getting <laughs> that close to another family member's face. <laughs> Kissing. I'm just that's just gonna be my new thing. I'm just gonna fucking kiss every family member. Just peck them real quick. <laughs> I'm just not even gonna announce that I'm doing no, it. No, I'm French now. I'm gonna do it. Ra- I'm not gonna do it every single time. I'm gonna do it randomly. Like, oh hi, oh hi, Mark. Like to my mom's <laughs> boyfriend. Like, Come here. Oh my god, that's so. Funny. <laughs> or what I'm gonna start funny. doing is coming up behind them and just wrapping my arms around their waist, I'm like, and then shaking them side to side. I missed you. I'm gonna give them a little kiss goodbye. <laughs> Have you ever seen that though? Like, have you ever seen that done? Not in like, not from anyone I know. Oh, okay. Have you? Yes, I have. Really? Anyone I yeah. would know? No, just family members. Like, oh, and being right. at like a party or something, or like a party <laughs> with cousins and stuff, and seeing some aunt and uncle who haven't seen each other in a while, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And they did it real quick, and it was just like. Why are you doing that? Well, like I, I mean, like some like Italians and, and like some people they kiss, you know, they do the like. Oh, but that comes from they're like a romantic like 
uh, country. You know, like the, us. It's no, like even then, that's weird. Now, what am I saying? True. It's still weird. It's it's weird. Get that. Get, stop that. It, We're Italian. too taboo. I would not. It's not taboo. It's just fucking weird, dude. I would. Not. I'm sure Trump kisses Baron on the lips every night before he goes to bed. Oh, he tongues the shit out of Ivanka, dude. Best believe. While fucking what's his name watches Kushner. He's like, check this out. Jared, Let me show you what a real man looks watch, like. Jared. This is how you kiss my daughter. Mm, oh, yeah, Ivanka. Grab yeah. my nipples. <laughs> Sit on my lap again like when you were 12. Yeah, those guys are fucking creeps, man. They're all fucking creeps. Biden is a creep who's going to be fucking probably the Democratic candidate. Stop. And I'm probably going to have to abstain from voting again, TBH. Don't, dude. Don't. Well, for the primaries, if it's Biden and Trump, do you really think he he's gonna get it? Who Biden? It seems like yeah. Mm. Honestly, like who do you what do you see as your projection for twenty twenty? Um, Biden or someone Hillary esque, but I don't really know who's like who who's up for it right now. Like Elizabeth Warren and those type of people. She There's literally twenty people who are going to be in the debate. For the Next Democratic, week. damn, they're already starting the debates, bro. Fuck. Yep. So who is it? Who who are some of the candidates? List them. So off there's there. Cory Booker. Oh God. Kamala Harris. Okay. Elizabeth Warren. Joe Biden. Hinkenlooper. Okay. Uh, Buttigieg. Um, who else? Sanders, of course. Um, Hinkenlooper. Hinkenlooper is some dude who, oh, Beto O'Rourke, how could I forget? Mr. Punk, God himself. <laughs> um, yeah, Hinkenlooper is some dude who apparently drank like uh, <laughs> fucking, what was it? Like uh, poisoned lead water or like oh. fracking water to oh, prove fuck to him. people that the water was oh, safe to drink. Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck that fucker. What a fucking, fucking dumbass. That, that is a bold Fuck move. that piece of shit. I don't even know um, anything else. That's all I need to hear from you. Let's see. Andrew Yang. Uh, Yang Yang, baby. $1,000 a month. I'm up for Yang. Yang is running for as the as a Democrat? Yeah. Oh, I, th- I don't know why I thought he was uh, Republican. Amy Klobuchar. What's the uh, what's the one from Hawaii? Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. That's yeah. Tulsi Gabbard, yeah. yeah. Um. Bill de Blasio is apparently going to be in these debates, too. Huh. Interesting. Uh, Jay Inslee, John Delaney, Marianne Williamson, who is apparently some, like, um, um, some, like, projection, some, like, astrophysicist projectionist person who's Great. really, who's really into the wine mom uh, oh, aesthetic. Uh, and then Kirsten Gillibrand, um, dude, some of these people I have never heard of. Eric Swalwell. I mean, I haven't. So the people I haven't heard of, whatever. But the people I have heard of, a lot all of the suck. stuff they've done are all suck. Yeah, very much questionable. Aside from you know, like Sanders. But I mean, I don't know. I have hope that he would be it, get the election, the nomination. But you don't, I don't think know. he will? I don't know. I don't honestly don't know. I have <laughs> I have to keep my eye on now that the race is kind of kicked getting into full gear i kind of kept to keep my eye on it because i haven't really been keeping up with polls and all that bullshit so we'll speaking see. of the future being so bleak like i said earlier now it's never been so just like just 
unforetold or like unforeseen, you know, like, yeah, there's no way to imagine what can happen now because of the fact that it's just Trump threw in that wrench. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I I would love to see who's running from the Republicans. The Republicans are by far the most, the more entertaining group to watch during the debates. Dude, I don't think any of them are going to go up against him. They can't. Like, what can you do? You can't. Like, he's just going to berate you. Like, you can't. Like, he's like he built an ironclad defense for his debates. Like, he can fucking say whatever. No one gives a fuck, dude. They just love his. his, He's just a man. To his advantage is the fact that like they tried to investigate me over my whole presidency, and nothing was ever found. found. I haven't been impeached. That's it. Yeah, like, there's not has it been. I mean, what what are the scandals that he's had during his presidency? I can't think of anything really. Uh, like personal he's scandals. A, well, obviously, he's just a very corrupt dude in general. Yeah, who loves to make corrupt deals and whatnot. But then it's like, who know? isn't but fucking corrupt? Like, no one really cares about that. Yeah, because it's everyone's fucking doing it, and like that's what I'm saying. Exactly. And like he literally no spent really he he literally called out like so like during when it was the original debates for his first presidency, he was literally called like I gave you money to fucking fund this like. And where did you get us? Nothing. Like, look where we're at. So, like, get me. It's a shame. I mean, the fact that he said he could kill, shoot yeah, someone. Yeah, walk up and shoot someone and not lose voters. <laughs> not lose That's, vo- That's insane. insane. Yes. Literally insane. That's something a crazy person would say. But That's, And the only thing that makes me worried about the future is, like, if he does go up against someone and loses, like, the fact that he will not contest or, like, he will he will not um secede the the, no, the presidency no. to someone is very scary because it's like damn then now what do you do well, he really wants it like he's probably going to try and put some sort of bill so he can have three terms that would be <laughs> god damn and the only hope lying with us is rbg fucking Ugh. what about her what's the hope that she's giving well because it? like the supreme you need like i feel like you need a oh. hold of the supreme court like a majority a super majority in there right. in order to change the constitution but like or at least laws in certain states i don't know god damn it, it feels so hopeless right now <laughs> what the fucking leadership the leadership yeah i think i mean like it's sort of at least for the presidency has always kind of been hopeless because everyone who's gotten elected has an agenda that's not necessarily their own personal agenda. Maybe they go in there with an agenda that was their own, but big money influence, political power influence kind of corrupts them immediately. And I don't think people really realize that that's been going on. And I think Trump's really put shed light to that. And now that's why it seems a lot more bleak. Cause it's like, like how are we going to break the shackles of this system? You can't go back to the old way. Like <clears throat> you can't way. now at all. You yeah. either have to stick with what is, been happening or change it because if you go back to the old way we're just going to have someone Same so shit. much worse yeah uh four years later you know it's scary times we're living in but it really is kids are in cages people are debating the word concentration camp <laughs> we got mr all black with his new rap hell yeah mr all about children yeah <sighs> i'm over here reading the fucking communist manifesto trying to fucking i'm gonna move to russia dude how are you liking it so far? Uh, I, I like it. I, it's really short. It's super short. Mm-hmm. Have you read it before? I've actually not read it. It's, it's no. good. I'll let you borrow it. Okay. But I mean, there's some stuff that's a little clunky, but the whole idea, like, I think now it's more relevant of like wealth being controlled by a select few 
because a lot that's really talked about a lot throughout the book of just like like if we keep going through this form of capital, everyone is eventually just going to turn into capital. That's basically mm-hmm. just going to be used to fuel the bourgeoisie as it's referenced <laughs> through throughout the book. Definitely. And uh, that's more relevant than ever, dude. Like if everybody is fucking living capital just to fucking bake something mm-hmm. for the benefit of the select few again. Everyone is a commodity. Exactly. Everything is a commodity. Yeah, it's pretty scary. It is a very scary notion, but it's also been like since then, since the Communist Manifesto was even written, like the trajectory that capitalism has taken has been just full tilt, <clears throat> steam ahead yeah. to Non-stop. oblivion. You know, like whatever will be, will be. Guess what do we need? What do we need? What do we need to make? What do we need to make? What's going next? What do we need? What's the next innovation? And it's like it's it's just turned into innovation now. Like now, it's like what's the next innovative thing? But it's exactly. like what's the next thing for profit that you can really make upon? And Basically, on? it's common on your TV screen saying, "We live in a new world. We live in a new way." Yeah, yeah. Everything has to be new and keep progressing. Which I mean, I get. Like we're human beings. Like we want to keep advancing, but of course, at a certain. But point, at what stake? And at, yeah. for what? And for what? Yeah, like where is this getting? Like the advancement of our technology has only just driven the world and the economy fucking deeper in a depression and just just a like a an abysmal bliss, I guess. Not bliss, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is. For, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Mean, it really is because people can afford to be ignorant in a sense, or like yeah, they can, people can afford to be inept in a way that lets the world just coast by as it is you know um and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like we don't really have a sense of class consciousness with uh like a and and class solidarity with folks you know definitely not people who are in such the same circumstance can't agree with there's always nuances the more now we're living in the age of extreme nuances but people are so blinded to these nuances it's really weird because now, like, nuances that weren't there, like, we were talking about, like, sexuality and being able to, like, know with different gender roles and stuff like that. Now it's more prominent than ever, and now it's more in your face. But people are just, like, so quick to see things in black and white when it's, like, there's so many details in front of them right now. Mm-hmm. More so than ever. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. access to information is even greater now. So it's just amazing how quick people are to fight against each other. When everyone, a lot of the times, we're all fucking agreeing on the same thing, you know? Like... Totally. No, yeah, that's very true. It's just how do you how do you um, transition that sort of narrative into something that is like long lasting and and basically like like I don't know like it, it gives you a hope for something that can happen in the in the future. You yeah, know, that, it's hard to get that communication across to be. It, it really is because everything is all about the now and the immediacy of what you can obtain now, right? Right. And, if you don't have that, then you're not part of that, which means you have to go by the means to be part of that. Yeah. Capitalism is turning into this crazy three-headed monster that we're living with. And I'm on board. Subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening, listeners. Please like and subscribe and pay us. Where are them ads at? Let's get some ads. <laughs> get some ads up in this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I wouldn't mind talking about free underwear for people hymns hymns is the best new sponsor for you let me tell you guys if you're losing your hair if you're having dick problems sign up for (laughs) hymns it's the it's it's it'll work out for you it'll work out for your loved one there you go there's my copy right there so hymns shoot me some cash tag me on that shit 
Um, I, I will. Th- yeah, I think it's a good time to wrap it up now, dude. It's like a long episode here. Yeah, Got to know each other a little bit one. better. No, not bleak. Like, know, not bleak. Not, Shut up, kidding. dude. God. <laughs> this is why I fucking <laughs> petitioned for you to not be involved in the first place, but it's all good. Uh, yes, thank you for listening to us this week and every week. We back here, and we always going to be here. No, I'm saying. I vote red because I like my bread. <laughs> Remember that. Democrats, what is it? Uh, if you vote Democrat, then they're just going to tax you. That doesn't even rhyme. What the fuck? I know, but he makes it rhyme. It's not. That's, that's not what he point. said. He does. If he wrote Democrat, taxing. they'll take their whack. I like my bread. I vote red because I like my bread. I vote red because I like my bread. If you vote blue, those Democrats will tax you. If you vote oh, blue, those dude. Democrats will tax you, you. I thought he was saying they'll text you. I'm like, why are Democrats going to text you? But. <laughs> no, Biden will text you. Oh, he'll, he'll definitely text you. text you. He'll text you just sh- a close shot of his hand on his shoulder and be like, "You ready? You ready? What what uh, shampoo to use? It is vegan. <laughs> <laughs> that is him. That that character is him. <laughs> he really is. Just, just molesting in- Selma Hayek across the world. There the you country. go. Boom. Well, there you go. Don't vote Biden. Don't vote Trump. Just don't vote. Uh, that's the lesson of this episode. Just kidding. And retain your childhood memories. Yes. And uh, tell us about yours. Let us know in the comments section. Please don't, because I don't care. Yeah, post some pictures in the comments of Post you some as, pictures of as you as kid. little kids. Yeah, and of your little kids. Thank you. Uh, Pizzagate. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you for listening again, as always. Please like and subscribe. We will be back next week. Peace. Peace out. Peace and love, peace and love, peace and love, peace and love.